What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back in the video. Draft season is here, so time to go over my must draft wide receivers this season. First up, Cooper Cup. I have him ranked fifth overall in half PPR scoring. I get asked a lot if I would rather take him or Austin Eckler. Um, I do have Austin Eckler over Cooper Cup in half PPR scoring. I do prefer getting that running back, opening up a potential hero or beast start, maybe two running backs and then hammering these other positions. But a half cup ahead of Bijan, ahead of Tyreek Hill. Just think about how productive he has been when healthy recently. 145 receptions, just shy of 2,000 yards, 16 touchdowns two years ago. And then last season, before getting injured, on pace for 153 receptions, 728 yards, and 13 more touchdowns. So you think about that and you're like, okay, what's different this season? Because he's been absolutely incredible recently. He's been like the most valuable player in fantasy two years ago. And then leading up to his injury last season was yet again the most valuable. Not much. If anything, his target share could increase, right? They have no target competition behind him. Uh, also, the Rams have maybe the worst defense in the entire NFL. They're going to be dreadful on defense. They're going to give up a ton of points. There's going to be a lot of fourth quarters where they are down a touchdown or two. We know historically the Rams don't bring their players off the field, so when they get down, they keep steaming away trying to score points. There's going to be a lot of times where he's already got, you know, seven for 90 and a score, and then you look and all of a sudden he's got 14 for 180 and two, and you're like, what? Like, how did that happen? Well, it's because they were down so much every single second half, and he keeps racking up these yards. Would not be surprised if he had 150 receptions, 2,000 yards a season. He's a phenomenal pick in the middle of the second round. Don't worry about being like, oh, well, now maybe I can't start off with a running back with Cooper Cup. He's awesome. You're going to really want him in fantasy. Uh, you're also really going to want Devonta Adams. Uh, since 2018, Adams has been the wide receiver 1-6-1 three, and four in points per game. He averaged over 20 points per game in his two games without Derek Carr last season with Jarrett Stidham. He is either the best or second best. You could argue that maybe Jefferson's the better wide receiver, but point is he is at worst the second best wide receiver in the NFL. He is quarterback proof. He has been dominant for years and years and he's currently available in the second round, not even at the turn anymore. He's now going into the second round. Uh, he is the eighth wide receiver off boards. That's an incredible pick. You're getting someone who has beaten that ADP by a lot in five consecutive seasons, will still be by far the most targeted player on their team, no longer even has Darren Waller to compete with, on a team that's probably going to be down a lot, so a lot of second half pass attempts. And the quarterback situation, let's be honest, Derek Carr's good, right? And we're going to talk about Chris Olave in a second and why Derek Carr's an upgrade for that. But he's not going from Patrick Mahomes to Jimmy Garoppolo. He's going from Derek Carr to Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, it's, it's fine. Like, if I was his quarterback, he'd probably be a wide receiver one because I would just chuck the ball to him every single play and see what he does after because he's also wide open because he's such a good wide receiver. I promise he's going to be good this season. Uh, speaking of though, Chris Olave, number three, uh, he would have won rookie of the year last season had he not been forced to miss two and a half games with injury. Uh, he has been dominant all summer long. He gets a quarterback upgrade, um, especially in deep passing, uh, going from, you know, what he had last season, the combination of quarterbacks now going to Derek Carr. Um, Olave is a superstar. Like 
maybe he's not like right now based off of last season because it's tough to call someone that after just one rookie year. But he's going to be a superstar at this point. Like this point moving forward, he's a superstar. Um, I think like there's a number of players, we're going to talk about this in, in this video, that like were really good last season that people are not rating highly enough, that I think will be household wide receiver names this season. And the first one up is Chris Olave. And you think about, okay, what are the negatives here? Like, could Michael Thomas command targets? Like, Michael Thomas has been, you know, very inconsistent in camp. Some days he's performing pretty well. Some days not so good. There have been times where they're like, oh, yeah, he, he like, you know, maybe shreds this corner. But then he has a bunch of routes against, like, a third or fourth string corner, and he can't even get open. He's a massive injury risk behind him. They only have Shahid, like, a deep threat mostly, not someone that's commanding targets. Like, it's Olave, and then it's a cliff, and then it's everyone else in this wide receiver core. He's going to be very, very good. He's going to be used deep downfield. He, he's probably going to be an early second-round pick next season, and he probably would have been this year, but he missed the two and a half games. But if he doesn't miss those two games, he wins Rookie of the Year, he's probably going where Garrett Wilson is going right now, and so you're getting a really good discount you know, on a lot of sites in the third round for Olave as your second wide receiver. That's awesome. Uh, another second-year wide receiver, Drake London. Uh, London's ADP is just absurd on most platforms, but it's especially insulting on ESPN. Like, he's going so late. He was taking eighth overall last season. He finished 11th in yards per route run, fifth in target share, second in target rate. When Drake London is on the field, only one player in the entire NFL commands more targets at a higher rate than he does. It was just that he had Marcus Mariota for all but like three or four games last season. I think it was all but four games last year. And Mariota was dreadful. He was really, really bad. They were obviously going to run the ball a ton with Mariota. That pass rate is going to increase a little bit this season. It won't increase a lot. They're still going to run the ball a ton, but the targets will be better. There will be more of them. And guess what? He can also improve as as a player. Like he was unbelievable as a rookie. That was as a rookie. Like, He's already talked about how he's way ahead of where he was last season. He's another one. Drake London's going to be a household name. Wouldn't be shocked if he ended the season and we were like, yeah, you know, he's like a top 10 wide receiver talent. Wouldn't be shocked if we were saying he was like a top five wide receiver talent. He's that good. He's going to be amazing. And honestly, given how they're already still utilizing Pitts, having him block, having him not run a ton of routes, it's locked in. That target share is locked in. They're going to be a great offense. you got to be drafting Drake London. Like, he should probably be going. I know it sounds crazy, but, like, given the talent, given that we're expecting him to be, like, top three in target share this season, you should probably have to spend a third or a fourth round pick to get him. Like, he should probably be going in a similar range as Chris Olave, and he's going close to, like, pick 80 on ESPN. Completely ridiculous. Next up, what do you know? Another second-year wide receiver, Jahan Dotson. Dotson was taken 16th overall last season. Started off strong. Really good start. Really good snap share. Hamstring injury. Those stink, right? Misses five and a half games. Takes him like three or four weeks to really get back after the five and a half games missed. Like he was brought along slowly. Then over the final five weeks when he's finally healthy again, his season-long pace over that time, 71 receptions, just under 1,200 yards, 10 touchdowns. He's a big play threat. He's a touchdown scorer. He's just great in every aspect of the game, but especially in the two that matter. You want your wide receivers working downfield and working well in the red zone because that's where all the fantasy points come. I don't care if you got a high target share, you know, close to the line of scrimmage. If you're really good at getting open, five to seven yards downfield, no one cares, right? I want those big plays. I I want explosive plays. I want touchdowns and fantasy scoring. That's what Dotson's going to do. And you know what? 
we've got like that out now. It, the out has never been there of they're going to have good quarterback legs. Every single time we look at it, we're like, yeah, but when we look at Terry McLaurin, we look at Jahan Dotson last season, apparently like Sam Howell might be good. Like he's been playing really well in camp, really well in the preseason. He beat out um, Jacoby Brissett and the guys at ETR talked about this as well. And I completely agree that like Jacoby Brissett's not bad. And I've talked about this earlier in the off season being like, you know, there's a chance that they just go with Brissett because when you look at when he was playing on the Browns, he was good. When you look at he's gotten spot starts in other spots, he's not like an elite quarterback, but he's serviceable and he's decent and they need to win this season or some coaches are definitely getting fired. And so they're going to start the best one. And so the fact that he reportedly easily beat out Jacoby Brissett and has been playing great in the preseason, there's a chance that the quarterback play is finally not terrible. And that's all we've been asking for is average quarterback play for these two receivers. Uh, and then you throw in the you know, toe injury, the turf toe for Terry McLaurin. I just, I don't know. I think he could easily finish the top 15 wide receiver. And he's a 37th wide receiver off boards right now. He's going to beat that ADP. He just is. You got to be drafting him. Next up, Zay Flowers. Rookie this season. Uh, has looked amazing in camp. Has looked great in the preseason. He looks explosive. Very, very quick. They clearly want to get him the football. Um, they're going to throw the ball a lot more on Baltimore this season. They're going to play at a faster pace. And it seems like he's the one. We've been kind of thinking about all offseason. Like, how do we distribute these targets? Because you've got Flowers, you've got Bateman, you've got Odell. And it's like, you know, who's going to really stand out? And I haven't really been sure for a long time. Uh, at this point, given everything we've seen in camp in the preseason, it seems pretty locked in that Zay Flowers is going to be the wide receiver one for this team, the most targeted wide receiver. And with JSN Hurt, I would say Flowers and Addison should be the favorites to lead rookie wide receivers in receiving. And if you think about Addison, yeah, he's on the better passing offense, but Flowers could be the one. You know, we could have Zay Flowers leading the Ravens by a good amount in receiving, whereas Addison is obviously going to be behind, you know, a superstar in Justin Jefferson. And then you think about ADP and you're like, okay, well, Flowers also comes off the board 20 picks behind Addison on average as the 44th wide receiver in drafts. There's only 32 teams. And so if, you know, he's the wide receiver one on a team going as the 44th wide receiver, you know, maybe he doesn't have that same ceiling as Dotson because typically rookies, even when they have a phenomenal season, they just don't have that same ceiling most of the time as second, third year wide receivers. Like you do make that leap into year two and year three. And that's why we have so many year two wide receivers on this list. But he's going to be really good. And rookies can still be really, really good in the rookie season, especially if, you know, they're the, the leading rookie. Um, obviously, we had Olave had a great rookie season last year. But Garrett Wilson was really good in the second half. And honestly, like if, if Flowers is stepping in as the wide receiver one in week one, He's got upside. He's got a lot of upside, especially as a wide receiver 44. That's pretty deep into your bench. Got to be drafting him. Uh, Elijah Moore as well. You know, I'm like the biggest Elijah Moore truther. Um, I think his ADP is just criminally undervalued on all non-underdog sites, unfortunately, on the one platform I've drafted a ton of. Uh, I still have a ton of them, but he's like not really that undervalued on underdog right now. But all the other sites, he definitely is. Um, the reports have been pretty trash about Deshaun Watson so far this summer. Like, you know, it doesn't seem like he's taken a huge step forward, but that doesn't matter a ton. It caps the ceiling of more if he's not going to be good. But like, even if he took a step back, he's probably still better than Wilson, than Flacco, than White with, you know, he's been dealing with and Elijah Moore has been dealing with these last two seasons. And so, yes, the reports are bad. I'm hoping that kind of pushes people off Browns players because Elijah Moore is still going to be utilized heavily. They're going to get him screen passes, end arounds. Just They're going to design him looks, but he's also good enough to get open on his own. That's two things we look for. You don't want just designed looks because then 
If they're not designing you the looks, you're not really getting involved. But if a team is willing to design someone looks and they're good enough to get open on their own, it gives you a stable floor and it gives you ceilings that like you could have a ton of receptions plus carries and touchdowns any given week. And so if they're in a high scoring game, you're going to want to start Elijah Moore. I just think like the earliest he's going is 111th on sleeper. He usually goes and pick like 120, 140 on most of the major platforms. That's basically free. It's a ton of upside for a phenomenal young player. Final wide receiver is Marvin Mims. Uh, goes undrafted. Most sites, which is obviously ridiculous. Um, he was the first player picked in the Sean Payton era. Uh, you can tell whenever Sean Payton talks about Marvin Mims, he's in love with him. Like he loves him as a player, loves him as a prospect. Probably didn't think he'd need to have as large of a role in week one as he did. Like Mims was going to open the season as the wide receiver four and slowly work in. But Tim Patrick's done for the year. Judy has this bad hamstring injury. He might not be healthy enough to start the season. And so now you've got someone who. I loved before because in the second half of the year, I thought he was going to have a huge breakout. Now has a locked-in target share in week one as probably their wide receiver too. Like He's been my most targeted wide receiver all summer. Um, I've drafted him probably 5% more than any other player. Uh, I'm very excited to see what he can do this season. Now, he's still not a lock to go off, and he's not a lock to be their wide receiver too when Judy comes back. But I think there's a world. This is the most important thing with Mims. Like, maybe he starts off slow. Maybe you see him and you're like, okay, well, he was the wide receiver two this week. You know, he starts off week one, four for 50, something like that doesn't score. And you're like, oh, okay, you know, when Judy comes back, it's not going to be that greatly. Again, he's a rookie, so don't give up on him immediately. I think it's possible to close the season, given how talented he is and how well he's used deep downfield, that he is the wide receiver you want to be rostering on the Broncos. Will I say that it's definitely going to happen? No. Would I bet on it happening? No, I still think it's more likely that Judy or Sutton are the like top wide receiver in fantasy in like the second half of the year. But because it's even possible with Mims and he's not even being drafted on most platforms, you have to. You have to spend him, uh, your like last wide receiver pick on him. I just don't see how you pass on him that late. So those are eight must-draft wide receivers this season. If you want to see my top 60 must-draft players across all positions, you can see that on my website, thefantasyfootballadvice.com. And if you want access for free, all you got to do is sign up for your first underdog account today using promo code FFA and make a minimum $10 deposit. That's it. The following morning, you get an email from me with login information that'll give you the draft rankings, that'll give you my top 60 must draft players, and it'll also give you all my underdog content for the rest of the season. So that'll do it for this one. Hope you all did enjoy. If you did, how about hitting the like button and how about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.